Uh And she was like, yeah, I got non-reflective lenses. And I was like, why did nobody tell me that (laughs) non-reflective lenses were a thing? I'm in show business, baby. I'm in show business. Let's let's go. (laughs) You are not in show business. Listen, listen. (laughs) IMDb has podcasts on it now, okay? You know what this means? This means that you, me, and Martin Scorsese are on the same database. Is 2020 going to be the year that we absolutely blow up? Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick, and I'm sanitizing my hands because we're going to have one clean show today. It's the friction that kills the germs. Should I dump this beer on my hands? <laughs> what? It is? Should I use the alcohol from my Boulevard wheat to kill the kill all the germs? Um, yes. I have a, So here's the problem that I have with, with I don't know if, hand. just to answer your question, I don't know if friction actually kills the germs. It's just something that I say so that I can rub my hands together really fast and make the <laughs> noise to bother the people around me. I'm pretty sure it's not the friction that kills the germs. <laughs> actually, the, the alcohol kills the 99.99 and then the friction, the friction. kills the 0.01. Yes, they, they can't take the heat. They can't take the heat. This this specific brand of hand sanitizer was given was given to me by um, the, the office and... It actually, Steve Carell gave you that hand sanitizer. Yeah, Steve Carell from from NBC's The Office gave me this hand sanitizer. It actually like here, and the problem that I have with it is that it actually does smell kind of good. <laughs> like it smells like a, a fine liqueur. Oh boy, you know they just oh, gave man. you amaretto in a bottle. <laughs> that that is the that is the best tasting liquor. I freaking like, love amaretto sours. It's so good. It's so good. I, t- I said once I was I was ta- I was trying to just make conversation with a bartender and I said can I have another amaretto sour because I'd already had one and I said this is probably like a weird drink for a guy to get right she goes no don't ever say that again this is a, this has a lot of alcohol in it amaretto is like a one hundred proof you're gonna yeah, you're, you're doing great and it's I said wow no wonder I feel so good and then I then I ambled away back to and my I table fell over <laughs> I turned around and promptly <laughs> face planted no way <laughs> <laughs> that's super interesting. So we're uh, we had to we had to change plans for the whole honeymoon thing because I'm uh, I'm landlocked I can't get a passport COVID nineteen um, because of COVID nineteen and so we had to we had to uh, to pivot and we're we're going to Colorado now oh that's fun that'll still yeah. be good yeah 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 it, it, mile high city baby and so uh, <laughs> I, I was also I was told I was told that uh, that alcohol has a higher effect in Colorado and so you should take it easy when you drink yes because you don't know what your tolerance is Correct. a mile in the sky yes and I was like listen listen website I've had <laughs> I've had alcohol on planes before okay we've been it's trusting websites far too much thing. we've been trusting websites far too much to do our taxes the time of the website is over let's we're, <laughs> we're going back to stone tablets baby to the age of the podcast in fact I don't even want um, the English alphabet anymore give give me the Phoenician <laughs> I want so this is the Phoenician Wait, what? alphabet. Give me the, the alphabet we use is the Phoenician. I give think. me the give me the hieroglyphs scrawled on yeah, that's what the, we're talking about. the Syrian ziggurats. That's yep. what I want. I want, want, I want me some Sanskrit, baby. I'm thinking of all these things because I'm pre- trying to prepare for the Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you smarter than a fifth grader show segment? Yeah, that, that's coming up in five minutes. Right now, I'm right now I'm looking at a picture of. Um, of Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, Foxworthy. Yes. <laughs> leaning over leaning over a desk in front of a chalkboard that says I'm going to chew gum I'm going to chew gum over and over <laughs> and over again as if 
as if like someone was told to write that over and over again. And then right next to his elbow, it says this suck in huge letters. But I think he's leaning over the S. And so all I can see is <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy's <laughs> mustachioed grin right next to the word suck in all capital letters. If you... <laughs> So um, I found a. I, I was talking to Ethan about my memory retention, and hey, we were whoa, talking about the show. What are we going right into it? Are we not? Can I talk about my week? Oh yeah, sorry. I was. I thought you were. Ta- I thought you were setting up the intro for me to go into our first and last edition of the segment. Is Ethan smarter than a fifth grader? Well, I just didn't want my Syrian ziggurat joke to go unnoticed, and so I thought I would connect it with the other segment that we're about to do. But okay. I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to share this fun fact. Um, so you get to have a, ho- a holly moon in Con- okay, a honeymoon in Colorado. That was tough mm-hmm. for me to say. Um, I recently purchased a desk for forty nine ninety nine at Target. Wow! And I assembled it, and I'm sitting at it right now. And it has a nice little, nice little hutch area that is elevated above the rest of the surface of the, the desk where I've placed my laptop, mm-hmm. and I have all this real estate to put my my beer can and a koozie, and those occupy the same general space. And my microphone stand. Ooh, oh. Mm. And I've got room for books and mm-hmm. my my gaming laptop, which is really just my laptop that I used in college that I still keep around because I can't various- fit any games on my MacBook Air. And I just wanted to say, hey, I'm really loving this desk, okay? And that's a good got- thing that I've got going for me right now. You got a uh, you got a bunch of room for our various fan letters that we get sent. Oh, I get know? so much fan mail. I've got about three to four pictures of myself that I need to sign and return to sender. Um, I don't know where they got the pictures of me. They all seem to be from a bush, twenty to thirty feet away. <laughs> but I will sign them. Um. So, I also just found out that are you smart in a fifth grader? Ah. Oh no. Sorry, I just um, I just played it. And first of all, Are You Smarter <laughs> Than a Fifth Grader is now on Nickelodeon and hosted by 1950s looking John Cena. Oh no! Uh, it's John Cena with <laughs> with hair, and I That's struggle funny. to say that. Um, apparently, years of shaving your head has adverse consequences. Yes, and uh, um, yeah, it, it's uh, so it's still around. It's Nickelodeon's Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. Okay. But it's weird because don't fifth graders? Never mind. Um, I'm I'm ready for this bit. I want to see how I do. Okay. The whole explain <laughs> explain how he came to this to the. So people. I I was I was I said something about I said oh that's just common knowledge and Ethan was like no that's not common knowledge that's like common knowledge if you're Patrick Nevy I was like that's fair. Uh, occasionally, I'll say a thing that I feel like is just obvious and everyone knows it, but it's just because I have a strange tendency to remember trivia that's like just not important and so uh i was like this is why i'm so good at are you smarter than fifth grader and so ethan was like let's play are you smarter than fifth grader so ethan i'm ready would you like to figure out if you're smarter than a fifth grader i am prepared <laughs> here's the thing yeah i want to uh-huh. preface with this i don't think i'm gonna do too well <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is a math question All so right. it's already. do i get a paper do i get a i mean i can't see you so All go right. nuts um, but yeah, so at, for those of you who don't remember, are you smarter than a fifth grader It's divided into categories? So you'll have like fourth grade math or third grade social studies or first grade art, right? So each of the subjects, each of these questions will have a subject. So 
First question from fourth grade math. Great. If a car is traveling at 40 miles per hour, okay. how long will it take to go 190 miles? 40 miles per hour. Yeah. 190 miles. So yes. in four hours, it'll go 160 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an hour is divided into... 15 minute increments and so mm-hmm. um does it want an exact answer yeah it, it, your two answers you have you narrowed it down already but it's four hours and 45 minutes or okay. four hours and 15 minutes oh it would be um four hours and 45 minutes all right okay you did, like i didn't know that there correct. was multiple choice there is multiple choice but that that's not it, fun that's all right true. so uh first grade animal science that's the next okay grade. Are you just picking True the funniest or false. one? True or false? The following picture. You can't see the <laughs> picture. <laughs> nope. I'm ready. I want to answer. False. True or false? The following picture is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. True. It is not. It was no! a Stegosaurus. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> subject. First grade English. How many nouns are in the following sentence? The rabbit ran to the cafeteria and ate a big salad. Three. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> third grade measurements. Measurements is a subject. My third grade measurements was, I, uh, was I just, uh, two okay. foot five. <laughs> two feet. I was two feet you were tall. A toddler? <laughs> In thir- yes, I was a very smart third grader. All right. Um, what unit of measurement is abbreviated OZ? Ounces. Nice. There we go. All right. Give me all the and, fifth grade questions. Yeah, right. Second grade health. Okay. True or false? The human soul shoulder. The is human a soul. Ball, a human soul. <laughs> true or false? The human soul is immaterial. Um, true or false? True. The human shoulder is a ball and socket joint. That's true. Yeah, it is. And uh, which one of these is I a I know mammal? that because I have one. <laughs> you have two. Uh, which one of these is a mammal? A seahorse, a sea lion, or a sea urchin? Uh, that's actually a tricky question. <laughs> it is pretty tricky. <laughs> I think sea lion. Yeah, it is. Okay. Seahorse. I knew there a, was. I knew there was something yeah. weird about the seahorse, but I think it's just that the males give birth and not that they have underwater uh, <laughs> breastfeeding. Yeah, they don't have underwater breastfeeding. Um, that's the. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> what continent is the least populated? Second grade geography. What Which continent, continent is-, is the least yes. populated? Australia. Yeah. No, Antarctica. I almost yeah, said yeah, Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Antarctica. Whoops. Uh, since the late 1990s. This is a fourth grade social studies. Okay. Since the late 1990s, which day has been designated, which calendar day has been designated for the inauguration of a United States president? Uh Oh, gosh. February January first, January fifteenth, January twentieth, or January twenty third. So it's not February, which is great. It's not February. Could you could you read the dates again? <laughs> January first, no fifteenth, twentieth, or twenty third. It's the twentieth, right? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Um, right, keep them coming. So, give me give me all the fifth fifth grader ones. Give me the hardest ones. What does the first? This is fifth grade astronomy. Okay. All right. What does the first A stand for in the acronym NASA? Uh, <laughs> air. Close. Rose space. <laughs> Aeronautics. Aeronautics. <laughs> um, 
Okay, what revolutionary leader wrote the influential Common Sense in 1776? Thomas Paine, come on. There we go. Fifth grade history. Who? What was the name of the first satellite put into orbit Sputnik. by the United States? Oh, um, Explorer, Titan, Mercury, or Apollo? Explorer. It was, but yes. you got eleven out of ten. Uh, you got ten out of eleven right, which was the Stegosaurus one. Uh, which it's Jeff Foxworthy laughing, and it says, "Sorry, you're not smarter than a fifth." Wait, grader. what? So what if? So what if we had gotten all of them right? Then you'd be like, "You're on par with a fifth grader." I don't know. Because I feel like not every fifth grader is going to get 11 out of 11. This game is rigged. All right. We're smarter than fifth graders. You heard it here first on the podcast. I also only got 10 out of, or 9 out of 11, which is tragic, but. um, Oh, yeah. Because of the aeronautics. Because of the aeronautics one. Dang it. Well, yeah, we'll give you. Well, you would have gotten this Degasaurus. But if I, I but what I would have done if I were on the show is I would have looked at Jeff and I would have gone aeronautics, and he would have watched him. His mustache would have wiggled the closer I get to the answer. (laughs) That's his tell. (laughs) (laughs) It's like casino playing Casino Royale. Jeff Foxworth. (laughs) Can you imagine if Jeff Foxworth was at the poker table in (laughs) Casino Royale? If, if uh, you go all in on a two pair, you just might be. You a might dude. have a red card. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a royal flush. Um, okay, are you ready to get into the hot take time machine? Yeah, I suppose. Hot take time machine. Welcome, Welcome to the hot take okay. time. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 it's a series of two tweets that I'm going to read to you. It's a shot and then a chaser. Um, well, rather, it's a chaser and then a shot, I feel like. Um, first one says, wow, dot, dot, dot. I just hit 1K followers. I never thought this idea I had in bed one night would become this important to me. Uh, I, I love you all. Phrasing. I love you all. Smiley face. <laughs> and then the follow-up tweet right after that is said, Let's spread the love tonight. Quote, <laughs> quote this tweet and tag someone to let them know you love them. Zero retweets, zero likes, zero <laughs> replies. Ethan tried to start a movement and I you did. all let him down. I know. What the heck? Where were you guys in my hour of need on the eve of June 4th? I was, I was clearly lonely. I think but, that's Muriel's birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, June 4th. Oh, Shout pretty cool. Um. My my hot take is from around the same time when I didn't retweet that tweet. I I was tweeting <laughs> so on, in, rude. <laughs> um, on on July twenty first two thousand and fourteen. I said, still laughing about that one time when people thought Vatican three happened. Wait, what? Do you remember that? No. So apparently, this is me reminiscing on something that happened a long time ago. Vatican so apparently, III? yeah, I, I Vatican three. I googled it. I vaguely remembered this. Um, so. Uh, Jimmy Akin from from Catholic Answers. Akin, 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 Atkins. I'm pretty sure it's Jimmy Atkins. <laughs> Jimmy Atkins uh, diet. 
the Jimmy Atkins diet, uh, he he posted in his in his uh, um, blog on his uh, on his National Catholic Register opinion article. So this is like a big thing. It okay, was on, it was in the National Catholic Register. Um, don't fall for this Pope Francis hoax. Five things to know and share. <laughs> Great. Um, what's being attributed to Pope Francis, etc. So something that's being attributed to Pope Francis is that uh, there. The church no longer believes in a literal hell. Um, all religions are true because they are true in the hearts of those who believe them. Um, our church is big enough for everyone, including the pro-life and the pro-choice. Even communists are welcome. That was that was what Pope Francis alleged to have said. Uh-huh. Um, and the the hoax came from a blog called Diversity Chronicle, and someone got a hold of it and like tweeted it everywhere. And the title of it is Pope Francis condemns racism and declares all religions are true at the historic Third Vatican Council. Wow. <laughs> you know, the Diversity Chronicle doesn't really get enough love, I think. It doesn't. It doesn't. We need we need we need chronicles we need the chronicles hard hitting topics on things like film and television, government oppression, Mexico, <laughs> privileged white men. Nintendo. No. And trans differently abled voting rights. Wow, that's an incredibly specific category. Wow. There's 12 articles. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not important, let's, but let's, like. Let's dive. I mean, <laughs> did you really go into like all of the different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just looking at the, I'm looking at the articles, the, the categories. The categories the here. Age gap, gap relationships. relationships. <laughs> Oh gosh! Crypto racism. Oh, no. <laughs> Crypto racism. Guest writers. Gun <laughs> is control. Like, it's not like when you buy Bitcoin and use it to oppress black people. <laughs> Crypto, I love probably. that Mexico and Nintendo are right next to each other. That's funny. <laughs> Schools. Uh, the the war on sex. Video games and videos. Those are the only funny ones. Oh, I know. That's just that's funny. I love it. Oh my. The war on sex. The war. I didn't know. I've heard of the war on drugs. I've heard of the war on terror. I've Same heard way. of even the war of, on the family. But I've yet to hear the president come out and declare the war on sex. Yeah, so it seems it seems like this is a satirical uh a satirical site. But you think um, so? Yeah, it seems to be like cuz I mean obviously no one would write such a no one would write such a detailed hoax that's on true. A, on a serious website. This you know, article on be. August 24, 2018 says, please help persecuted South African whites. Urgent. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I really don't think that this is yeah. interesting. Anyway. Um, cool. So, yes, uh, that that was that was a thing that happened, and I was reminiscing on it in, uh, in June. I, I remember actual news sites covering Vatican saying, oh, Vatican 3 has happened like it was like not actual news sites like on the news tv but i saw an article on huffington post about it they may have taken it down um yeah it's just crazy how stuff on the internet gets spread like that the it's so funny to me it's like if the third vatican council happened like you guys would know like it would it would be unquestionable there'd be a bunch of dudes in rome wearing funny hats and the (laughs) and then they'd say we're gonna go talk for a while and then we'd all be like what are they gonna say not, and then half of us would disagree with what they said. Exactly half. What were the what were the five points that, that old Jimmy Atkins said? Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Atkins uh, said 
So he said, "What it was like? What was, it's five things you need to know." So it was what's being attributed to him? All those weird things. The hoax came from a uh, uh, a random blog. Um, how do we know it's a hoax? He said, "Of course, there's not been a third Vatican Council. <laughs> Every semi-informed Catholic would be aware of it. There are huge events. Modern media and the Catholic internet would have focused on it intensely. How else do we know that it's a hoax? The site which it originated from has a disclaimer that says." Um, the original content on this blog is largely satirical. Uh, so this guy, Eric Thorson, wow, what a name. Um, I created this blog for my own personal amusement. And then, uh, are there other resources exposing the hoax? And then it's a, a, uh, Snopes page. And then it's like, has the Pope, has the Pope talked about how hell is real? Yes. Here, here, here it is. But yeah, that I, it's funny because. So what's crazy is that hoax of Pope Francis saying that hell isn't real um, originated from that guy's website, and I hear people say people that. Say that about to Pope Francis day. all the time. How to he's this like, day, he said that the hell the hell isn't real. Yeah, some dude named Eric Thorson, which is the most made up name I've ever heard in my life. This is why satire is dangerous. This is it's the uh, it's Poe's law. It's uh, satire is so hard to do on the internet because someone is going to believe what you wrote. Edgar Allan Poe wrote about the internet. Uh huh. Um, no, it's this guy. It was from a Reddit comment. So it's this guy who's or no, it was from a Reddit thread about an article written by a guy with the last name Poe. I see. You can Google it. I probably. But the won't. rule the rule is basically like uh, satire is impossible today because if you write a satirical, if you wrote if you wrote um. A modest proposal today, you know that that book yeah. about how we should eat children. Yes. Um, if you wrote that today, there would be someone who read it and went, "Yes, oh finally, someone had the courage to say it." Oh wow. Um, yeah. So, like, if you had, if you had, uh, Babylon B puts out an article that's like, you know what, we just need to show our gun rights and just murder a bunch of uh, puppies. Someone would be like, "Yes, uh huh, yep, I agree with that completely." Um, so yes. So yeah. if you if you put anything up there like uh, the Pope uh, cooked a cherub for Thanksgiving dinner this year, which is an actual Onion article, um, someone would go, uh huh, yeah, I totally believe that happened. <laughs> we need to make sure there should be kind of like a, I don't know, maybe like a game show where we could quiz people's intelligence before we allow them to get <laughs> onto the internet. Do you, you think? have to you have to become smarter than a fifth grader before you are allowed let me, access. Let me tell you this, Jeff Foxworthy would have a work for life. And John Cena. Who? John Cena? I'm aware. He's he's on the he's on the new the new uh are you smarter than a fifth grader? New and improved. You just can't see him. I don't like how the hair migrated from the face to the head. <laughs> I would prefer Jeff Foxworthy's soothing comforting mustache over John yeah. Cena's weird weird head. But that's where I'm at personally, you know. Mm. It took me years to realize that Jeff Foxworthy was a comedian. Wait, what? Uh, I just knew him from Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. <laughs> and then someone's like, Don't you tell me you be, didn't was, know about the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Everybody knows about the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. No, I don't. I heard the uh, You Might Be a Redneck, and I was like, the guy from, the guy from, uh, man, the if guy from Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, but has a lot of opinions about, uh, about the white lower class. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh boy. Do you want to do crunch on that? I do. Yes. Um you can't believe or uh, okay. Uh, yep. These days there's a lot of things on the news and TV. Mm. So what you re- really need is some family. Okay. 
hey, hey, it's time for crunch on that. And there's like there's like images of like you like looking at the camera and it says Ethan, Steve, and you go, oh, hey, like you just uh-huh. you just notice the camera like, there. Like and then it pans to me and I catch a football and I'm petting a golden retriever and I wave. And then and then it's like Teresa for some reason is there and she's like, oh, I'm Teresa, I'm there, I'm in the TV show too. And then and then and then there's one of Phoebe and Emma like scolding us for doing something ridiculous. Both of them are holding individual socks that we left on the floor. We like we're wrestling in the front room and we knock over a pedestal with a vase on it and then phoebe oh. catches it and then wags her finger at us and then and then looks at the camera and smiles and yes then, and then uh and then we're all having a picnic in front of the house and yep. then the credits roll and it says crunch on that wow somebody can somebody animate that <laughs> <laughs> if someone made a if someone made a, a a 90s sitcom intro with the crunch um i would cry i would i would ball actual human man tears and i would be so thankful if someone did that okay hold whatever on whatever happened we never to mentioned... patrick nevy the milkman <laughs> the paper boy and ethan stevie <laughs> <laughs> we never we never mentioned the fact that actual listeners sent in actual crunch on that themes oh yeah i never did i send those to you you i got one of them two people sent them i didn't get the I... second one send me the second one Hold on. I, I got to find them. Hold on. Man, I t- can't believe I forgot about these. I think Ooh. I put them in a folder. In, I know. Yeah, let's just let's just leave some dead air up for a little bit. Oh, like, yeah. This is great. Cosmo worked for great. me later. Uh-huh. You want, um, you want me to vamp? You got to tell me when to vamp because I don't know how long you're going to be going for. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a, a, a signal like eh, like that. That'll be that'll be the yet again. The, I'm un, I'm be. unable to see what you can see as, oh, we, dang it. as we've learned from the Stegosaurus <laughs> incident. I can't see what's going on over there. So uh, Chris, who's a fisher of men, shout out fishers of men, um, sent in a crunch jingle and um, then someone else. Where? I can't find it. Oh well, Chris is the only one that survived. If you also send in a crunch jingle, know I'm that sorry, know that I we appreciated it. it. Know that we appreciate it, but I lost it. Ouch. I'm sorry. It's somewhere. I promise. It's anyway, like when yeah. a when a kid gives a mom like, look at these dandelions I picked for you, and it's look like, at this macaroni necklace I made. The coolest thing ever. And, 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 and the mom's like, I don't know where it went. It must have gotten eaten by the bed monster under. Guess what's for dinner? It's like, <laughs> mom, why does my macaroni and cheese have a string in it? I don't know, honey. Why does this? Why does my macaroni and cheese taste like the macaroni and cheese necklace I just made? How do you know <laughs> honey, what that macaroni and t- cheese necklace tastes like? I, I, I. Because I gave it a hundred kisses before I gave it to you, mom, and it's like, oh man, that was a sad answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's actually do the segment. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, um, viewer question. So I, I had a couple of I had a couple of questions. You got this one too. Uh, this one is from Maggie. Shout out, Maggie. Shout out. Hello, guys. I have a question that maybe could be addressed on the crunch. Um, so, <laughs> thanks. Thank you for specifying which of our many, 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 many podcasts <laughs> that we should address this question on. Well, it's either that or we respond to the email like privately. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> keep specifying. Um, so, if I were to go to confession and confess my sins, like you do, and then I do the penance, but I still feel guilty about the sin, what should I do? What advice do you guys have for that? Like fasting, deliberate prayer time dedicated to contrition? I assume it's normal to still feel guilty about sins that are confessed and that you're act- actively trying to avoid them. Thanks, Maggie. What do you think? I would say walk out of the confessional and get right back in that line because you did something wrong. 
That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a yeah, joke. No, That's don't, not, don't, don't do oh my that. Gosh. Don't do that. No, 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 no. You didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I just think the image of someone walking out, like checking how they feel, and just being like, "Ah, oh, dang it, got to go back." <laughs> you back and rolls back up and sleeves. Ah, ah, sorry guys. A little more elbow grease in this next one. <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry about this. Uh, <laughs> I think that there's lots, lots of things you can do. Obviously, there are some sins that are bad that we ought to feel guilty for. And just because you go to confession doesn't mean that like the sting of guilt is going to go away um, because you might have really hurt somebody or you might have really hurt yourself or you might have really like done something in your relationship with the Lord that is like painful. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, confession can be very healing. Confession can even be miraculously healing, but there's no guarantee. Like Jesus doesn't say like you come in here and all the feelings will be good now. Um, Yeah, I think experiencing guilt is an opportunity to trust in the mercy of the father and to like receive the graces that are being poured out from the side of Jesus. Like, because a lot of times we'll go and we'll be like, Oh yes, thanks. And we don't really like think about what it took and like what the cost of that forgiveness was, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's a, a great opportunity for you to, yeah, do your penance that the priest gives you, but also pray and meditate on the fact that, um, God became man and died so that you could be in the place that you are right now. Um, and like, yeah, you might still feel guilty, but just know that it's like, he doesn't, at the end of the day, he doesn't care. Like he loves you and he forgives Mm -hmm. you. Um, and he wants to be with you throughout that whole process of healing. Um, I don't know. That's my initial thought. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with altering our, our, our view of, of who God is, Mm. right? Because God doesn't change. He's always the same, but the way that we view him is different because we kind of, we shift a lot. It's not like the way the earth revolves around the sun, right? Like sometimes we have this very warm and loving view of God. And then sometimes our axis tilts a little bit and we have this very cold and unforgiving. Our view of God is a lot like the seasons. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. And so like sometimes in confession, you can feel like you're going to the principal's office and because you're sitting in a long line outside of a scary box where you're going to go talk to an old guy. And, um, <laughs> and it's hot in there. And it's hot in there, and, and you're the, like and thinking out of, about all the. <laughs> you know when you weird. go to the principal's office and you're like, they don't tell you why you're there, and you're sitting and you're going through all the things you did wrong, and you're like, crap, which one was it? Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what confession feels like, and um, there's an element of that that is like is true, right? Because you're it is a it is a judicial it is like a law, a legal exercise you're going through because the the priest is exercising legal authority over you as your father, but. But the way that we look at the legal authority of our own fathers and like the earthly authorities is different than the way we should look at the legal authority of a priest and of God, right? Because um, God isn't pissed that no. you sinned. No. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Which no. is like such a weird thing to say. Yeah. Because like it should be apparent. But God, it's like, I don't want to say God doesn't care. Do you mean it should be apparent like with two P's or apparent a space parent? It should be a parent with two P's. God should like, be a parent. Like my name. He is. He is a parent. Two P's like my name. He's my a, name is spelled with two P's. He's a father. Anyway. Anyway. It's a stupid joke. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, like God God isn't like mad that you sinned. Nor is he really surprised like or shocked or like. He saw it coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he also. He had time. He, he had. He has actually had enough time. He created time to prepare uh-huh. for the moment. Like he is so, yeah. so beyond prepared for this. You know? <laughs> and and he he understood it and uh, in fact he he preordained that you would repent from it and be changed and formed by that fault right yeah. that mistake um when when you when you uh 
Um, Isn't it in the Easter exultet that they say, oh, happy fall to Adam or something like yes. that? Like literally yeah. we, we pray at Easter like this sin or even the original sin, like the worstest sin of all time. Like, thank God, because now we have Christ, you know, like and we have the resurrection because of that, you know? Like, and we can look at it in that lens and in that light of like, God is a father who's going to pursue us to the ends of the earth, even to the point where it's like he offers us bodily resurrection and all of these things, like all these great and amazing gifts because of that sin. So it's not like the buck stops when you sin and, and then it's just kind of like over and you go get your confession done and you get the absolution. You're like, all right, great. I guess I'm, I'm back to neutral now. And it's like, no, this is like putting you on a trajectory hopefully if if you if you're responding to the mercy and the grace in the way that you should put you on a trajectory towards total unity with christ and like yeah, that's and that's that is not i mean yeah sure we can feel guilty but like as soon as we like view our sin in the face of that all of that kind of takes a back seat i feel like yeah like in romans <clears throat> when paul says when sin abounds grace abounds even more oh. so right let so that sin shout out the bible death. Shout out the Bible. Grace will reign through righteousness. And then he, but of course, like then he goes like, so what shall we say? Are we to continue in that sin so that grace may abound? No, of course not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So he says, Paul says in Romans five and then goes into Romans six, right? Like your sin, because if you feel really guilty about your sin, that means that to you, it's a very great sin, but you should be happy about that. Because that means that more grace will be, will be put into will be put into your life, right? Because more grace will be there. But of course, he per- tries to prevent us from going in the extreme direction. Like, so are we supposed to sin more? No, obviously not. Because we've died to sin in our baptism. When we sin after our baptism, we're um, acting against our true nature. But so when we convert, we're even more blessed because we know we rem- we remember what it's like to live outside of that nature, outside of that. I don't know if nature's the right word, outside of that grace. And so when we come back, we're even more powerful than we were before. Yeah, and I think something important to notice is that, like, at no point are we saying, like, oh, just do this or do this extra thing or do this extra penance or do this extra fasting. All of that, that should be a fruit of um, some kind of interior turning towards God, right? Like, certainly it's it can work in the opposite direction of like i you know can take on fasting and that will lead over time to turning towards the lord but that's because like i already have this initial like general habit of turning towards the lord right like and Mm -hmm. and that's and that's been built up over years right i don't know where you're at in your life maggie or whoever's listening to this but like we need to make sure that we're not just trying to like put these band-aids on it. It's like, Oh, if I do enough penance, then I'll feel better about it. Yeah. Or if I do enough fasting, then I'll feel like I've done the proper, um, you know, like you're talking about like this legal requirement to make it so that I'm not guilty anymore. Like I've made up for it. It's like a lot of ways that's kind of an American mindset. A lot of ways that's a modern mindset. That's like one that you've probably been instilled with and that's not entirely your fault. But like, I will go to my father and I will tell him to treat me as one of the hired servants. Yep. That's a very normal human response. Yep. I know what I'll do. I'll fix it. I'll tell him that I suck and then he'll love me. Yep. But what does the father <laughs> do? The father sees you coming back and you're like, I feel, I still feel so guilty. I wasted all of the things that you gave me. Please put me in the, in the pig pen. And he 
put sandals on your feet and a ring on your finger and they slaughter the fattened calf and it's like, all right, party time. It's like, wait a minute. But I still feel guilty. And the father's like, I don't care that you feel guilty. You're my you're my child. I'm super happy. I'm really but, happy but, that you're back. I really don't care how you feel. Don't <laughs> you be know? a party pooper. Let's let's party. Exactly. So like not to say the yeah. answer is just like, oh, don't feel guilty because the father loves you, but also that's kind of the answer. Yeah, it's it's the it's the hard answer to swallow. Because yeah. like I think I think a lot of us don't misunderstand the struggle that's going on in our own hearts. The struggle that's going in our hearts, on in our hearts is not between us and sin it's between us and god um we don't we we think that the big problem in our life is that we keep sinning no no no, 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 no. that's not the big problem like because that that's a problem satan wants us to think that that's the big problem Satan would prefer us to focus on the sin rather than on the lord oh so much so because he seems to convince us that we can actually stop sinning on our own accord but we can't and so the real problem the real problem <laughs> the real problem is is the struggle between us and God, right? We wrestle with with who we we wrestle with who we see God as, right? Like Jacob wrestling with the angel in um in Genesis. So we 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 wrestle with God and we say like who who are you? Are you this evil tyrant who wants to change my life and and take away everything that I've built? Or are you a loving father who's going to give me everything I've ever desired? Yeah. And like the answer is obviously the second one, but it's hard for our souls to see that because we're broken and we've fallen in love with sin and we shouldn't, right? Like yeah. when in, in Genesis 4, God says to um, God says to Cain, right? Sin's desire is for you. And the word he uses is teshukah, means desire, and it's only in three places in scripture. The other place is um, in Gen- the other two places are in Genesis 3, when um, he says that your desire will be for man and he will lord it over you. And then it's also in Song of Songs when the woman says, I am my beloved's and his teshukah, his desire is for me. Mm. And so we we have this misunderstanding, right, of, of where our desire should we should be placed. Should we place it in the love of sin or should we place it in the love of right relationship? Yes. Right. Um, that was kind of a truncated version of the Teshukah rant that I go on, but it's, it's real. And I don't want to tell you to do more penance because like more, more penance and more prayer is good. If you're doing it right, if you're doing it wrong, it can dry out your soul so quickly. Like it, it can, it can make you so bitter to love of God. Yeah. And what I want you, what I want you for you, what I want you to do, Maggie and whoever's listening to this is I, I want you to realize what your, your sacramental penance is. The three Hail Marys that you get every time you do the same sin over and over again, um, those are powerful Hail Marys. They're more powerful than three Hail Marys you decide to pray on your own. Why? Because they're still within the context of a sacrament. Those 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 penance those penances have like insane effects to them, right? Like if you open your heart to receive the graces available in your sacramental penance, do those with absolute care and like do them with the desire to um, be guarded from the desire to sin again and also guarded from the desire to see God as someone he isn't. Teshuka sounds like a game that I would spend $50 on a Dave and Busters just playing <laughs> over and over and over again. Teshuka. Teshuka. And then you walk by and they always say Teshuka. And then you're like, oh man, I got to play it again. <laughs> got to play it again. Right next to Time Keeps Crisis 3. Right I'm stuck over here playing these games at Dave and Busters. <laughs> Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh man, I think that's good. Good job, Pat. That's good. good Thanks. Answer. Thanks. Uh, do you have it? Is there another question? I th- you said you had more than one. Oh yes. Keep so, them coming. Boycotting things. This is the title of the next oh, question boy. from Ben. Shout out Ben. Hey guys. I'm ready. I'm back uh, for another financial question that isn't about finances. Is boycotting things a Christian response? Background, if you care. Uh, I do. Uh, One of my more liberal friends made a post about boycotting the next Fantastic Beasts movie because of the supposedly transphobic things that J.K. Rowling has said recently. Now, I want to pause here and say I cannot understand the person of J.K. Rowling and how she goes from being social justice icon to social justice, like, public enemy number one. I know. She seems to do this every other freaking week. It must be exhausting. Yes. But you know what? She doesn't care. She's yes. doing this on she purpose. She has billions she of has dollars. She has billions of dollars. She built a replica of Hagrid's hut on her own personal estate in Scotland. She's probably she just doing this for fun. Care. Yeah, probably. She's probably like, hey, I'm going to drum up a let's, boycott. Let's for see my how many episode. times I can get the same people to go back and forth on me in one <laughs> calendar year. I'm J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'm, I'm J.K. Rowling. Um, <laughs> more like J.K. Rowling, more like J.K. swinging back. In, okay. Oh. Uh, and also, I didn't know that the Fantastic Beast movie was coming out until the protest happened. So, bada bing, free publicity. So, I will say that boycotting things isn't necessarily a Christian response, but in the case of movies, it's a terrible idea. Um, it just gives it publicity. So, I thought it was hilarious that Christians do the exact same thing uh, for years in reverse. Namely, we should boycott businesses that promote messages against the Christian belief, right? Which led my brain down the rabbit hole to, is boycotting things a good Christian response? It feels like we're attempting to serve mammon uh, by saying, like, you know, we will not give you God because you have not given us what we want, right? Like, we we believe money is great, so we withhold our money and we say, aha, I'm taking away important thing from you, Um, which is very much a means to an end. So it comes off as utilitarian. I don't know. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Just first first thought. I like that they call it boycotted because it means it's just for the fellas. Um, (laughs) But I think... I think boycotting is a perfectly Christian thing. I mean, like yeah. even going back to scripture, I think of in Corinthians when Paul talked about how we shouldn't purchase and eat meat sacrificed to idols. 
or yeah. or or maybe he said that it's like it's okay if you do eat it, but like, and it's not necessarily your fault. But also, don't go out and like buy it. You know, he's, he's like, think about what you're doing. Yeah, think about what you're doing. <laughs> um, I totally might have butchered that. I apologize, but like, um, butchered, huh? Ah, meat jokes. Um, but I think that yeah. So money is a is a created thing. Okay, premise one. Premise two. Um, all created things are oriented towards salvation of souls. Mm. Premise three, we ought to use our money for the salvation of souls. Or conclusion, I guess. I don't know what you call that. But um, so I think that if we have money, right, and there are certainly ways that we can use money that do not profit souls, right? Um, Spending money in the pornography industry, Spending money, you could even like hiring a hitman, you know, like there, (laughs) there are things that are just very clearly, um, morally wrong, like wrong things. Well, that one's a gray area. That's okay. Yeah. You make a good point. Um, (laughs) buying marijuana. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to get into that debate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so if we believe, right, that something, let's say that there's a movie that has, um, something totally, it's a very pro abortion, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, a very pro-abortion film. Like Me Before You. Very bad movie. Right. And if I purchase a ticket to go see that movie and I watch it, that movie, yeah, some of it goes to the theater and there's nothing inherently wrong about, you know, paying a theater to see a film, right? And some of it goes to a studio and, right, there's nothing inherently wrong about paying a studio to produce a film. Some of it goes to the actors and actresses and, yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong about paying people to act in films, right? So there's nothing like inherently wrong about purchasing a ticket to a movie, right? But then you have to think, okay, if I purchase a ticket to this pro-abortion movie, that tells the studio something, right? That tells the studio that they made a movie that's that's good enough and that resonates with the culture enough to make more of. And so if we want to live in a culture that is defined by the things that are true, good, and beautiful, then we ought not to support the things that are antithetical to that which is true, good, and beautiful, because it will perpetuate more of the same thing because when people make money doing things they'll they do more of that and then there's copycats and then there's people who improve on it and do the same thing but in different ways and like and we can just see that through everything and so yeah that's a long answer to a short question of i don't think that boycotting is bad at all i think no i i don't ever consider it boycotting i just like yeah i don't go see horror movies that have demons in it because like or rent them ever because that I don't want to give my money to movies that are consecrated to the devil. Like that's not yeah. something that I'm interested in, yeah, you know, I don't want to focus on the devil. He sucks. We talked about this. right. Exactly. Like I, <laughs> that's not something I want in my brain. That's not something I want to support. Like that's not even a factor in my life. And so it's like, it's at the point where I don't even think of it as a boycott. I just say like, that's just not what I do. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a boycott. It's not really an active protest, but it's like, I mean, I'll, I'll protest if somebody asked me yeah. to. I don't know. Well, the quintessential boycott that I think of is the Montgomery bus boycott. Sure. And that's like quintessential boycott, right? Like that, that's, it's targeted, right? It's like, it's a very specific policy, right? It's saying like, I want, we want you guys to allow uh, people to sit on buses. Um, Very, very simple idea. Yeah. Uh, It was targeted at the company, right? They didn't ride the buses and um, it was very specific demands and it was, it was, it was pestering, right? Protest is a constant ongoing, um, like pestering thing that they have to address. Now, um, 
what it comes down to is, is your boycott, like what, what Ethan said, that's not really a boycott. That's more of just a principle. I don't go spend money at this company because I don't really agree with them. Um, a boycott, like for the one that you brought up with the fantastic beat, what is the, what is the policy, right? Like what is the thing they want to change? JK Rowling's opinion. Um, yeah. You not giving money to her very successful franchise. That's going to keep being su- successful. That's not. Yeah. Boycott is not more gonna, of like, you're right. I was wrong. Well, I wasn't wrong. I was just, I didn't fully complete the thought. A boycott is more of like yeah. a political targeted gath- group gathered yeah. action that like prevents somebody from making money doing a thing. And so just by like choosing to not go see a thing, isn't really a boycott. It's just like a, I'm not going to do this. (laughs) It's like, all right, if you get, if you get a hundred million people to not do it with you, great. Good job. That's a boycott. But yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, we, we do, we do things like this where it's like someone said something that's moderately bad. So we're going to try and destroy their entire lives. And we focus on it for a very long time. We, we the the cancel culture is a is a very uh, is a very interesting beast because it makes us feel good about the prejudices that we have in our life because at least I'm not blank and uh, it's very it's unhelpful um yeah it's unhelpful it's not your place to it's it's not your place to call out some stranger online for some prejudices they may have whether those prejudices are are, are legitimate or not yeah um because they're not going to listen to you plain and simple they're not going to listen to some random person on tumblr let's be honest this was on tumblr um (laughs) because you know that that's that's not someone that they care about in their life if someone said to me like hey patrick what you said was kind of prejudice i would definitely be taken aback and probably be defensive at first but if they were a friend of mine or if they were close i would probably very likely i'm very likely to consider what they say you know yeah um so that's how we deal with prejudice obviously right now in in our in our society that we live in um we're dealing with prejudice a lot right now and and the question of how to deal with powerful people that are prejudiced um is not easy and it's not um it's not something that's as simple as not seeing a movie and like i mean feel free to not see the movie but it's like that message isn't going to be sent it's it's like trying to hit a button with a 10 foot pole you're not gonna you're not gonna change that with that you know um there's her transphobia quote-unquote transphobia has nothing to do with fantastic beasts and where to find them yeah i uh i was trying to look up like the boycott thing while you're talking and i've i've just discovered that paw patrol has been canceled because it (laughs) it has it promotes police promotes police yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) wow who would have thought it's copaganda. It's propaganda. Oh gosh. Go. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say on that. I think you've covered it well. Cool. And uh I uh we have a question about uh, student loans and religious life, but I I think this might be like a a, a one-on-one yeah topic. I have a I have so many Dr. Ethan Let's get quotes. down to we it. We have to we have to get through them. I need One of them is one of them is urgent. Okay. okay? We one start of them with was the marked. urgent one. I we need have this. to start with the one that's more your gente. I need what? I need this because I need I need some comedy in my life. And I, I was thinking you people so have the all, weirdest, strangest dating questions. <laughs> and it's the only first source of, all, of joy during these well, that's maybe not the only source. I maybe over during these trying times. I was gonna these, say these that, uncertain I times. Stop to stop myself. I swear, if another big company says uncertain times, listen, it's just uncertain because you stopped making money. Okay, this happens to us all the time. I know. We often um, don't have money. <laughs> USPS. Jeez, wait. <laughs> the United States Postal Service has one that says uncertain times, and oh, I'm yeah. like, what? 
You're the male. Listen. Calm down. You're you're the most certain thing ever. Exactly. I get it all the time, and I and they were like, right "We're still here for you." And it's like, great, you would have still been here for me. You didn't need a commercial. It's not like I doubted. It's like sitting there <laughs> chewing my fingernails, like, "What's going to happen to the USPS? Oh, what are we going to do with that? How am I going to get? My, how am I going to? How am I going to get my my coupons? My bills? Yeah. I don't know how all of these politicians know where I live. Okay, um, so. Urgent dating corner. Yes. Oh, I had this idea. I had this idea. What if if people keep sending in dating corners? People definitely keep sending them in. But I feel like if we run dry and we want to do it, we could just go on the Catholic dating subreddit and read some of the problems on there because there's some. Doozies. Oh my gosh, that's the best idea you've <laughs> ever. That's had. such a good idea. All right. Um, hello, Doctor Ethan and Professor Patrick. I love. I love that. Thank you. Uh, big supporters of the pod here. Thank you. Um, you better be on our Patreon. This is a group. This is a group email. Uh, with multiple viewpoints, so don't get lost. Okay. Um, please don't use our actual names. Here are our made-up names. Uh, Sloan, 21. Delaney, 19. And Maureen, 21. Okay. Anywho. Are these all women? Maureen and... Yes, okay. I'm assuming. <laughs> Sloan could go either way. Um, anywho, we, Maureen and Sloan, met you, Patrick, at SLS 2020 this year. But Ethan, when Maureen tried to talk to you at SLS, you were running into the men's room. It looked like you were about to complete a mission. Uh, <laughs> I re- did you? I, uh, oh, it was completed. Let me tell you what. <laughs> uh, maybe this year, COVID maybe, uh, we can meet up with both of you. You would enjoy hanging out with us. And then she put in parentheses, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but you're I don't really, doubt you're it. You're really giving yourself a, a strong uh, argument <laughs> You would here. enjoy you would, hanging out with we us. We are pleasurable to be around. <laughs> and we are definitely not aliens. So <laughs> on to the main meat of this email. <laughs> Man, this email is uh, high carbohydrates. Or uh, Sorry, I meant come on, cholesterol. Come on, come on. Um, our dear friend Maureen is in a predicament. Here's the backstory. Last summer, Maureen was asked out by a childhood friend. Victor. They went on a date, and Maureen felt that it went really well. She even developed feelings, which she hardly ever develops. Uh, (laughs) Okay, Maureen. But he is good, funny, and holy. Mm. However, Victor's actions showed that he felt otherwise as he fled to Europe. What? 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 (laughs) Victor is an international diamond thief, and he fled to Europe. Um, Maureen was what you would call ghosted in this situation. Yeah. I love the syntax in this email. (laughs) Flash forward to February of this year. Victor visited the college town of Sloan, Delaney, and Maureen. She's talking about herself in the third person. Okay. He appears back from the, the shadows of Europe. He's back. Right. <laughs> he contacted Maureen. Uh, I'm picturing. I'm picturing that one guy from uh, from Muppets Most Wanted. The one guy from Modern Family and Muppets Most Wanted. I've, That's I've, who I'm picturing. I've not seen Muppets Most Wanted, but I'm glad that you've seen Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> that com- that completes a bit Maureen. of Patrick lore in my mind. <laughs> I love the Muppets. This is this is this is something you have to know about me. He contacted Maureen, telling her that he was there visiting, <laughs> literally across the street from our school. Hey, I'm back from Europe. Did not you up? Did not attempt to meet up with Maureen. Okay. So he didn't attempt to meet up with them. Uh, Maureen felt that this was the final sign that Victor was not interested. Mm-hmm. Now, flash forward to the present day. Okay. Our priest friend, Father Unnamed, contacted the mother of Sloan and Delaney, telling her about Victor's plan to ask Maureen out again. Father. Wait, 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 so father contacts, are Maureen and Delaney related? I don't know, but the mother of Sloan and Delaney, oh, Sloan I guess and they Delaney. are sisters. I Sloan guess they and are Delaney sisters. are sisters. Okay. The mother of Sloan and Delaney telling the mom of those two, of Maureen's friends, okay. about Victor's plans to ask out Maureen. Okay. So, oh, Victor told someone else's parent. 
What? That Victor, this must be a small community because yikes. Um, uh, we believe this was heavily influenced by father's encouragement for him to ask her out. Father even gave Victor all of his gift cards <laughs> to take Marina out to dinner. Father's like, this is all the diocese gave me. Take it. <laughs> take it, my son. Um, father then proceeded to text Maureen asking if Victor had asked her out yet. Oh, this is a college town. That makes sense. Um, this was much to Maureen's surprise as she believed her and Victor were heavily in the friend zone. So father, <laughs> father doxed this poor kid. Oh, no. He told he. So it, if, if Maureen is to be believed. Uh, father influenced him. Father's the influencer. Okay. To influence Victor to ask out Marine and gave him all of the vi- gift cards, which means if he doesn't, then Victor's a thief, uh, which is what, again why he fled to Europe in the first place. Um, <laughs> then Father texted Marine asking her if Victor had asked her out, which obviously he hadn't because Marine thought that her and Victor were in the friend zone. Uh, Marine is confused. If Victor does ask her out, should she take the chance again, or should she leave their relationship as friends? Thank you, Delaney Sloan and Marine. Ask to see his jewel. No, don't that. Don't ask to see. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say uh, if he asked you, I'd be like, yeah. How many? How many? How many museums did you hit while you were over there? And if he pretends to not know what what you're talking about, just wink. Be like. You can tell me over dinner. You can tell me over dinner. Yeah. You can tell me with those with that uh, TGI Friday's gift card <laughs> I see sticking out of your back pocket. Let me just order a seven dollar apple teeny, and you can regale me <laughs> with the time that you cased the Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. <laughs> um, oh man. Okay, so what's so great about the Eiffel Tower? Anyway? I know. <laughs> this doesn't have anything in it. Victor. So, <laughs> Victor. Here's the timeline. Victor asked Maureen out. Yeah. One. They go it Victor goes flees to it Europe. goes well. Victor flees to Europe and then Victor decides that we are going to steal the moon. <laughs> okay. So you go and you he picks you up, right? You check the back to see if there's any tiny, tiny yellow people that are also riding around not speaking English. And make Wait, sorry, what? Have you ever seen oh, Despicable minions. Me? Oh gosh. Goodness. I was like Ethan. <laughs> no, not like that. Um Okay, so you're asking how to come to terms with the fact that you like an international jewel thief, which is <laughs> a whole different question than what I thought this was going to be. Yeah, um, because as we've established, he's an international jewel thief. Right. We're not, we're not leaving that alone. I think the questions you have to ask yourself is how comfortable are you with crime? How comfortable are you? You, you might have to marry him so that you don't have to testify him against him in a court of law. Because a married couple can't be charged for the same crime. That's something that you should know. That is that is a fact that Patrick would know, but I whipped out before him. So <laughs> take that, Jeff Foxworthy. That's from, that's from, uh, that's from Arrested Development. Oh, is it really? It's yeah, not from Arrested goes, Development. It's from the United States Court no, 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 of Law. No, no, no. The, the, oh, the married couple can't be charged with the same crime. Yeah. That's from Arrested Development. He's like, it's like a married couple can't be charged with the same crime, which is not true. They can be. They just can't um, testify goes, against each other. I have the worst freaking lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's from Arrested uh, Anyway, sorry. <laughs> what, what's her advice? I don't know. If he asks her out again, just I mean, just do you like him? Do it. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. He's obviously got all of Father's gift cards. You'd be doing him a disservice. You could, also, you'd be one your step priest ahead. and someone's mom cares a lot about this. Obviously. I know. If he texts you. Get dressed in all black. Um, <laughs> put on a skull cap. Put on a skull cap. <laughs> get your get your rope and your grappling hook ready. And when he comes to your door to ask you out, just say, "Hey, I'm already in." 
I'm already, I'm ready to go. <laughs> that little thing that cuts a circle out of the glass you can squeeze through. <laughs> Do you remember when there's a video on YouTube called Satisfying Animated Moments, and the first one is from Shrek 2 when Puss in Boots does that with his claw, and then he licks oh, his paw, yes. and he grabs it, and he... <laughs> He sucks it right out. It's like, wow, how did they do that? That was that makes me feel good on the inside some, for some reason. Did Shrek the Fifth ever happen? Shrek the f- uh, was it supposed to? I don't know. Um, I'm watching. I'm watching satisfying animated moments. Yeah, well, don't watch it right now. We're giving this girl advice. Oh no, sorry. I'm watching the one where uh, where uh, Remy from from uh, Ratatouille oh. listens to bread. <laughs> A symphony of crackel. <laughs> Um, okay long story short if you like the guy go out with him if you don't like him don't go out with him <laughs> uh, this seems like a lot of hollow blue for dr ethan zady corner I, well that's i feel like that's my advice every single time but it seems to be truth bears repeating as they say it's a, as they say as they have said <laughs> over and over and will say again yeah all right so this one this one is very important because the person i'm ready to move yeah on. yo i'm good Cool, cool. Okay, this one was very important because uh, this 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 listener who shall remain nameless obviously emailed. I shouldn't title these with the person's name. It makes me want to <laughs> say their name, and I shouldn't do that. Uh, this person emailed me and then emailed me again to make sure that I got it, and that was like a week ago. So we should probably do this one. Yeah. Well, uh, so hello, Doctor Ethan and Professor Patrick. That that she didn't say that, but I'm assuming she thought yes. it. Otherwise, it's very rude to not say hello to us. First of all, love your podcast. Thanks. Never mind, you're forgiven. You're both so wise and funny. Oh. Thank you. Here is my dating question. I am a young professional single woman who feels strongly called to marriage. <laughs> Why did you read it like that? <laughs> it felt like it felt like that, you know. It felt like it just had that. Do you think her eyebrows were moving up and down as she was typing? I'm a young put, professional Catholic woman. And then she and then she put her she put her hands on her hip like this. Like, uh-huh. Again, I, again, I cannot <laughs> see what's happening. I turned on the camera. I can't see anything. Um, <laughs> I closed my she's eyes. She's a stegosaurus anyway, a and she's writing this email. Woman who feels strongly called to marriage. I keep hearing more and more people asking young singles to keep an open mind if you don't find a man attractive at first because you might be more attracted to them as you get to know them. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, while the theory of gradual attraction, wow, that's an interesting theory. I'm going to put that in all caps. The theory of gradual <laughs> attraction, I'm going to send that one to my fiance, is generally true. Um, <laughs> I am of a few fundamental beliefs on this topic that contradict the belief that one must always accept a date from a man who exhibits physical non-negotiable, exhibits a physical non-negotiable for the single lady. Okay, Wait, so what? she's... That was a very long sentence. It was. She is of she is of a she has a few fundamental beliefs on this topic that contradict the theory of gradual attraction. Okay. That says one must always accept the date from a man who exhibits a physical non-negotiable. So like he has some kind of deformity. Def- Just say it. <laughs> say what you mean. Quasimodo. Quasimodo is asking her out. Some um, guys have big noses. What's the deal? What's the problem? Trigger trigger warning. It's about height. Oof. Um, I believe in some instances you can know what you will not be able to become attracted to. For instance, if you're a five foot eight woman Ugh. who has never been attracted to someone who is five foot three, you can know that you will not become attracted to someone who is five foot three. Um, if he has an awful beard and you're not a fan of beards, then you probably won't get on well in marriage. What? Are you British? Get, get on, on well. well. Also, you can you can totally shave a beard because they the reason he has it is for the woman. He doesn't have it for himself. Patrick, you're different. Um, 
Wait, sorry, what? Nothing. <laughs> I was reading ahead. Uh, buckle up. Okay. First of all, <laughs> oh gosh, I think she's using. I think she's using hyperbole in, in later, but uh, this might be a situation. Um. Uh. Buh, buh, buh. Okay. Anyway. For example, so she said number two. I believe a lady can. Uh-huh. So she knows, I believe that you, so if there, number one, she said, I believe that you can know what you are not attracted to. I also believe that you can know if someone is fundamentally not right for you based on your, based on their appearance. For example, if you live a physically fit lifestyle, like you do CrossFit and eat paleo, um, you know right away that an overweight person who's allergic to exercise and wants to overeat at Raising Cane's on your first date is not right for you. Okay, whoa, um, slow down. <laughs> first of all, Raising Cane's is first awesome. All, Raising Cane's is delicious. And, and if you're not getting <laughs> the box combo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> we went to Raising Cane's, we ordered a four-piece, and they're like, oh, it's called the box combo. And then we're like, okay. <laughs> Can I still have it, please? <laughs> Can I still have it? Like, I don't need to... <laughs> It's like when you order a small at Starbucks and they're like, actually, it's a tall. It's like, great. Either either way, I would like, like to drink it. Please give it to me. <laughs> um, and uh, and if a man has very bad oral hygiene, you might know that he doesn't take care of himself. Or if you are a devout Catholic and he has a Hail Satan tattoo on his neck, that kind of speaks for itself. Okay, I was joking about that last one, but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, okay. Can you use your wisdom to shed some light on this? I want to know from a male perspective if I'm being shallow. Disclaimer, I personally find the most attractive feature is, is a man in a man is his devotion to Christ and willingness to die to myself, die to himself for my salvation. Gentlemen, if you want to impress a woman who's worth keeping, worth keeping, embrace the cross. God bless. Okay. I think that I don't know. I'm 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 up or down on this one. I think that there are some things that you that you can just say like I'm not attracted to this person now. So I don't I think I think the thing that she brings up in the first place is like it comes down to are you attracted to them now? Because if you're not, don't date them. Right? Yeah, I think I think you're thinking too hard about this. I think Who me? No, no, not you. Oh no, her. Okay. The asker. Because like here's the thing. We've been given life by the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants to give us good things. And sometimes we get so focused on like how to enjoy the good things or why to enjoy the good things or whether or not we should enjoy the good things that we like lose sight of the fact that they're all good things given to us by God. And so like being in a relationship is a gift. And like, I, instead of for myself, like something I've had to learn recently is like, instead of stressing so much about like, is this the, is this the right thing for me? Like, is this, is marriage going to be the thing? You know, like if I, if I truly love my girlfriend and if I truly live like in a love of the Lord, then like everything's going to work out, you know? And I think the same goes when you're single, right? Which sounds, this sounds like bad advice, but I promise you it's good. That's the theme of this podcast. I promise you this is good advice. But like by Patrick. Quit quit thinking so much about all of these externals and just live. Love the Lord. Hang out with people. If you like them, spend time with them. If you don't like them, then don't don't feel the need to spend time with them. Like as far as the opposite sex goes. You know, like you don't you don't have an obligation to hear a guy out for three or four dates. If there's no attraction, there's no attraction. Move on. And yeah, it might take you longer to find somebody, but like what are you rushing for? You know? 
Yeah. Like, which just sounds bad because every day you're wanting to meet somebody and you think it's your vocation. Yes, yes, yes. I understand that. But um, just just enjoy the time that you have. Like you're you're free to love God and pray. You're free to study. You're free to meet new people. You're free to go out and do things that you would would not normally be able to do. Like go out and do those things. Maybe you'll find somebody. But if we're sitting here and we're, yeah. we're twiddling our thumbs and be like, oh man, every guy's five foot three and has bad dental hygiene. Then like, you're not going to find anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, does that sound too harsh? I don't know. No, I don't think okay. so. And I think there's, there's a little bit of like, there's some, uh, um, touchy subjects here. For instance, height and weight yeah. of a person tend to be like tough things to, to, for people to like, I'm just not attracted to that. People get upset. Um, I think you're allowed to a, not be attracted to things. I just think that you're thinking about it yeah. too hard. Yeah, I think so too. And there, there's like, there's like that, there's that whole thing where it's like a man. Uh, some say that a man should be attracted to a woman be, even if she's overweight, and then some women say they, you know, some men say you should be able to be attracted to a man even if he's shorter than you. I don't think, I don't think there's really an issue here. I think it's just you're attracted to, you're attracted to. But if someone, if like, someone is unattractive to you, you, yeah, fine. You might, you might not find them attractive now. You may become to be attracted to them later. But you don't need to date them hoping that you become that you attracted to them. Yeah. Because, oh my gosh, what if you don't? Oh, goodness. And then you're like what? eight months in. And, that, and that's just heartbreak. Sorry, yeah. I was never attracted. Sorry, I was never attracted. To you. You. you know what that'll do to a person? Really? It, will, it will crush them beyond belief. So, oh, gosh. That's, that's another thing. And again, I don't want this to sound like an attack, but this is just like a good general reminder is that dating isn't about you. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about. It is partially like, yeah, who you decide to date is partially determined by what you're attracted to. But like, you're not dating to satisfy your own needs. Hopefully you're not, right? Like if you really believe that marriage is your vocation, you're seeking to give of yourself to another person so as to become a saint. Yes. And if we're all hung up on, well, is this what's right for me? What's attractive to me? What's this good thing for me? And a lot of guys... A lot of nice guys get into this, you know, like that's kind of the big thing. Or, uh, I don't know what it's like for women, but like it's easy for us to to fall into that trap. Um, and the less you think about yourself, the less you're going to worry about it mm-hmm. because you're going to be thinking well, of the Lord and like yeah. trusting that he'll provide for you in your vocation when the time is right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess like it's strange because saying like oh well it's not about it's not about you like it isn't dating isn't about that you that's true but it's like you still have some kind of agency you oh still yeah should. absolutely yeah i don't you're the, you're the you're the man and woman expert so you you have the room to correct me as much as i need to be corrected here when did when when did it become shallow to only date people you're attracted it's ne- to. It's never been shell. That's the default. When have I been told that? Because I feel like I've been, I feel like that message has been communicated. Especially in before. Catholic circles. People are like, oh yeah, it's not about what they look like. It's not about what you're attracted to. It's about their whatever. Yeah, I just, I think. Alexander would always argue for arranged marriages because of this reason. Because he's like, if you're truly called to marriage with them, then you'll be able to love them. And it's like, I, uh, what? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. know about that. I, don't, I will. I will say that um, the theory of gradual attraction—it's like there's a deeper attraction later, 
right? Like there, it's but it has to be built on a foundation, not even a foundation. It has to like obviously the the attraction has to be there in the first place. But like as time has gone on, it's just like literally Phoebe is the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. Like that, it's just I mean, it's just if you're not it, my standards have changed to completely. It's just her. Like that's the reality of my attraction to people now it's just are you phoebe no <laughs> tough oh man um that's just how it yeah i know sorry that's buddy it's okay it um, happens <laughs> all so of my think, friends are that's... either married or getting married so i'm just used to being the second fiddle <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh, i'll be fine so I will just say that... giving dating advice to other people <laughs> just an old spinster <laughs> giving dating advice <laughs> matchmaker matchmaker uh so yeah do you want to hit up the subreddit? <laughs> Is that all of them? I thought you said you had so many. You had two. I have so many, but do you do you want me to do you want me to 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 um draw from our well again, or do you want me to go? Are there to are there any in our well that are particularly page? like funny? Um, I haven't read them, read them, mm. so I don't know. I say let's wait to do the Catholic dating subreddit. Okay, let's do one. Let's all do right. one more listener one, and, and I texted you. I texted you about one earlier. It was uh. What was the exact phrasing? It was some some guy was like some guy posted. Uh, I don't read your text. How long does it listen? How long does it take to fall in love? And he went on this whole oh, like yeah. long conversation. And I was like, I took everything in my power not to say two whiskeys. Give it. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take to fall in love? All right, go f- go go find <laughs> one. Uh, this one comes from a person. Okay. Greetings, Crunchy Boys. Big fan of the pod. I've been listening for at least two years. Wow. Nice. That's wild. Uh, I was wondering if Dr. Ethan could give us guys some advice hey, on how to work up the courage. <laughs> Young professional guys. <laughs> uh, advice on how to work up the courage to ask a girl out on a date, particularly if you don't know her super well. There have been many times where I wanted to ask a girl out but doubted myself too much and didn't end up doing it. Later, I wished I'd asked her out. If it helps, I'm 22 and just graduated All right. from college. Thanks in advance. Keep up the good work. Anonymous fan of the show. P.S. When is merch going to be available? Stop <laughs> testing me. Stop testing me. It's coming. It's not on. It's actually not on me this time. It's on someone else. Pass in the buck. So this guy's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Bro, you are a full-grown man. Fully-grown adult <laughs> Fully man. Fully-grown adult man. If you like someone, go ask them out. I don't know how to answer this question without being rude. I'll try to, but it's like I feel hard. Ans- I I feel I feel like I have a hard time answering this question because I've only ever asked someone out twice and it's gone great. That's true, both times. <laughs> and like even the times, let's let's remember this, right? A date is not a commitment to to get married to that person. A date is not a commitment to date that person for any amount of time. When you're asking somebody out on a date, you're saying, "Hey, I think you're fun to be around. I want to spend some more time with you and get to know you better." That should not be like a source of great consternation right like that should be a good word thank you um that should be something that excites you and yeah maybe you're a little bit nervous but like if the girl's worst case worst case girl says no great you're free you're to move on like this is the thing rejection is not the worst thing in the world rejection actually frees us up because it, it just eliminates you go from seven billion people. Yeah, because women are chains. Am I no, right? No, uh, no, my no, fellow no, gentlemen. No, okay, what? what? Sorry, I mean. what? That's not it. You go from like, yeah. There's. <laughs> I wanted to say I wanted to save you from that misunderstanding right off the bat. You go from there's let's say three point five billion women in the world, four billion because we're up to eight billion now. I suppose four billion women in the world. You've just gone down to three hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine women that could potentially go on a date with you. 
right? Like look at that. You've you've just increased your odds at finding the person you're going to marry, and that's that's awesome, right? Like that that should be a good thing. I think there's no reason for a 22 year old man to be scared of asking a girl out on the date because. All you're doing is you're going, you're sitting down with her for an hour and a half, two hours. Maybe you're getting coffee. Maybe you're doing something fun, but like it's, that's it. That's all that it is. It's not an eight hour commitment. It's not an all day thing. It's not an, uh, I just think that people are to take it too seriously. It should just be fun. Yeah. It also doesn't have to be like a crazy first date. No. Thing that's like you, super memorable no. and putting a carriage ride and all that stuff. That's yeah. It's ugh. Yeah, the work up the courage by looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, "I this I like this person, and I'm not scared of her. She's not going to hurt you. She's not going to beat you up for asking her out. Yeah, at least not physically. At least not She's physically. Not um, yeah, and I, I right now I don't want to talk to to the listeners who sent this question. I don't want to talk to the fellas. I want to I want to talk to the ladies. Ladies, you need to lighten up your first date expectations. Now back to the fellas, because uh, I don't think we should point fingers at each other. And say like, well, guys just need because that's what this devolves into. It's like guys just need to ask girls out, and girl and guys are like, girls just need to stop expecting marriage on a first date. And it's like, yeah, both of those things are true. Two but things, let's work on ourselves. First. Two things can be true at you once. Know? It's true. Um, if you really feel like you're still, <laughs> that's the third thing. That's if true. you really feel like you're still struggling, pray to the Holy Spirit, ask for the gift of courage. That is a thing that you can do all the time yeah, for anything. It's allowed. And and He'll give it to you because He's God and He loves you. Um, so that's, that's what I would say is like, you have literally nothing to lose. Like your, your, the risk in this situation is zero. Your reward is great. You get to spend an afternoon with a nice woman and you, if she says no, great. You have your afternoon back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like catch up on some, catch up on some reading, go, go play, you know, uh, balloons tower defense four. Never mind. That's a better one. <laughs> Go on to coolmathgames.com. That doesn't actually have any cool math games. Total What I want off. you to do, listener, 22-year-old man, is I want you to go and ask out that girl, and I want you to write back and tell us how it went because you did it after listening to this podcast. Because all of our advice works. Because all of our advice works. We need to have a follow-up episode on everybody who's done a dating corner and gone through with the advice. Yes, please send in your follow-ups. Maureen writes to us from a, a Siberian prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. We robbed a train going through Russia yeah. and we just, you know, got shipped off to the gulag. I tried to steal the Siberian gemstones and it just didn't work out. I tried to steal a Siberian husky. <laughs> it was too heavy. <laughs> it was very husky. Uh-huh. I thought I could use them as a getaway dog, but turns out they're very loyal and they bite. I only so. like Siberian huskies that do CrossFit or else it's just... <laughs> I only like Siberian Huskies that are five foot ten. <laughs> okay, have you ever played the game Super Fight before? Mm, yes, I have. So it's such a fun game, and we should make a Catholic version. Okay, of it. I'm just kidding, but um, it's uh, so to, for the viewers, you um, listeners, you uh, you you have like you get a white card that's a character, and then the black cards are attributes or superpowers, and so you can have like uh, uh, Ronald Reagan who can shoot lasers out of his eyes, right? Versus you, the other person versus uh, crocodile with guns for arms. And um, some of them are handicaps, but um, so like, for instance, can't see or um, is deathly afraid of bumblebees. 
Um, they're all stuff like this. So we um, <laughs> and we did we did a version of the game instead where it was uh, instead of a fight, it was like Bachelor. It was like the or it was, it was like the dating game. So it was like uh, who's your uh, who's your who's your who's your mystery date? And we the first one we pulled was <laughs> was Crocodile Hunter, nine feet tall, <laughs> no legs. <laughs> The crocodile hunter, nine feet tall, no wow. legs. <laughs> just, just nine feet of torso. <laughs> and arms. <laughs> and arms. Hot diggity. That's an 18-foot wingspan. That's a crocky. <laughs> you mind hanging on to my machete? How do, you, how do they say machete in Australian? I said machete, which I don't... Knife. Knife. No, this they, is, they say, now that's a now knife. This is they a don't knife. say machete. They just say, now that's a knife. Can you hand me that? Now that's a knife. Over there. That's how they say it. <laughs> I need to cut down some tarantula webs outside my mailbox. That's what happens in Australia. I love this podcast, and I love doing it with you. Great if you want to support us, you go to patreon.com slash the crunch. If you want to support Patrick, go to patnevy.blog and share every post he's ever done on all of your socials. Yes. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let us know by emailing us um, everything, literally <laughs> everything you remember from first through fifth grade. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we will see you all next week. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was- When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.